Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Heat waves in the ground are getting more extreme and perilous. The atmosphere is rapidly warming, but the soil is also prone to heat waves. Scientists are racing to understand the consequences by Matt Simon. Unless you're running around barefoot, you experience heat waves through air temperature. For the most part, that's how scientists track them too. Heat extremes have been always studied based on air temperature, in part because we have a lot of observations of air temperatures, such as from meteorological stations, says Elmudena Garcia Garcia an Earth System scientist at the Helmholtz Center for Environmental Research. But how heat waves are rippling through the ground is much less studied. This proliferation of heat could have major implications for the intricate natural systems that grow our food, process water, and even sequester carbon. At a certain point, warming soils could actually contribute to higher air temperatures in a gnarly sort of climatic feedback loop. Late last month, Garcia Garcia published troubling findings in the journal Nature Climate Change about soil heat extremes across Central Europe. The team gathered data from 1996 to 2021 on air temperatures up to 2 meters, about 6 feet off the ground, and temperatures in the same regions in the first 10 centimeters, or 4 inches, of soil. At two-thirds of the nearly 120 measuring stations they tapped into, heat extremes were growing more pronounced in the soil than in the air. Each decade, these extremes grew 0.7 degrees Celsius higher in the soil compared to the air. The number of days the soil experienced heat extremes increased twice as fast. The paper opens a lot of questions because now we see that there are differences between the evolution of soil and air heat extremes, says Garcia Garcia. Perhaps the difference between the evolution of heat events in soil, vegetation, and air can help us to understand or to predict agricultural failures, biodiversity changes, or any other climate change impact on ecosystem activities. The tricky thing about soil is that no two patches of it in the world are alike. One area might have a higher clay or sand content. Another might have carbon from plants. One spot might be darker than another and absorb more of the sun's energy. In some places, like the Amazonian rainforest, trees might block most all sunlight from hitting the earth. But on a grassland, the sparse vegetation might let more photons in. In the far north or south, the sun angles differently across the landscapes than it does at the equator. Topography varies greatly from perfectly flat to mountainous. A water table might be higher in one place and lower in another. Different microbial communities team in different soils, as do different invertebrates like earthworms and insects. Phew! 
All these variables combine to determine how soil will heat when the sun rises over the local horizon. Farmers have always worried about soil temperature. If they don't plant their crops at the right time, the seeds won't germinate. The old farmer adage out here is that if you can put your bare bottom on the soil and hold it for like 15 seconds comfortably, it's warm enough to plant, says soil scientist Andrew Marganot of the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, who wasn't involved in the new paper. It's now used as a joke, but people figured things out when they didn't have these fancy tools. Today, those tools include sensor networks that have grown as the prices of instruments for measuring temperature and moisture have cratered and improved modeling. If you know the soil properties, recent precipitation figures, and ambient air temperature in a given area, you can work out with reasonable accuracy how that soil might heat. While farmers have always demanded this data, scientists increasingly want it to divine how soil temperatures might be changing with global warming. A major concern is hydrology. As soil heats, it releases its accumulated rainwater as vapor and cools the landscape. But soil only has so much water to give up. Once it's dry, it absorbs heat and begins releasing it to the air, much like concrete does in a city. If on really hot days the soil is very dry, then this energy is used to warm the soil instead of evaporating the water, says Garcia Garcia. That was our explanation of why we are seeing these fast increases of soil heat extremes. This feedback loop powers the heat domes that have been settling over the United States. Warm air descends on the landscape, drawing moisture from the soil and raising temperatures. These fiercely hot self-perpetuating monsters can continue for weeks. It's even worse if there's little water in the soil to begin with. Another very important and also interesting perspective is compound events. So the combination of the heat waves and droughts, says Jian Peng, an Earth observation scientist at the Helmsholt Center for Environmental Research and co-author of the new paper. Both heat waves and droughts, of course, are getting worse with climate change. Our climate models essentially predict that this contribution of low moisture of dry soils to heat extremes is only going to increase or strengthen in the future, says ETH Zurich atmospheric scientist Dominic Schumacher, who studies the interaction between land and air but wasn't involved in the new paper. I think that the paper makes a bit more clear that what happens in the ground, even though we don't see it, definitely does matter. As the climate changes, so will the soils themselves, in all kinds of ways, organically, hydrologically, microbially. Soils are in equilibrium, more or less, says Marganot. The non-pessimistic view is, well, this is going to shift to new equilibrium. The problem is that we humans depend on soils for multiple services like water storage and food production. Those might get caught up or disrupted in that new shift. Take the carbon cycle, for instance. Plants absorb carbon dioxide as they grow, adding it to the soil for microbes to process and release back to the atmosphere. That keeps the system in balance, but if higher soil temperatures cause the plants to suffer, they won't grow as much and won't capture as much carbon. Now the soil will lose more carbon than it takes in. Disruptive this and that is a good thing in the tech world, says Marganot. I don't know if that's a good thing for agriculture or soils. Dry hot conditions combined with soil that lacks organic matter also leads to erosion and dust emissions. That's what happened in the Dust Bowl. Less agricultural growth also means less food is available for people. Soil microbial communities will change too, the galaxy of bacteria, viruses, fungi, and archaea in the ground. Most of the diversity of fungi on the planet is in soil, says soil microbial ecologist Kate Scow of UC Davis, who wasn't involved in the new research. 
Are any of these instruments at the drop-dead temperatures? Probably not. We're not talking about that yet, but you'll get changes in the diversity of the community. Some microbes might struggle with warming temperatures and decreasing soil moisture, so their numbers will fall. Others might grow more numerous. That will in turn influence the functions of those species. Some process carbon or phosphorus, others turn nitrogen into fertilizer for plants. Still others, the mycorrhizal fungi, form symbiotic relationships with plants, helping the roots take up water and nutrients in exchange for nutrients of their own. Soil heat waves could become a kind of repetitive stress on these underground communities. I wonder if over time, says Scow, if soils are increasingly hit again and again and again with high temperatures and big droughts, is it going to ratchet down the capacity for them to deal with future events? Thanks for listening to Wired. I'm Zeke Robison, and for more stories just like this one, visit us at Wired.com. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at Wired.com science. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.